0: it's podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome to the locked on wizards podcast it's your host the real ed oliver and today we have special guest, Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington. But before we get started, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Wizards your first listen to every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And Chase, how are you feeling today?
1: Doing great, man. Ready for the draft. Although I'm always kind of sad when the pre-draft process is over because it's so much fun to just watch film and try to predict who's going to be good. Uh, but it's all leading up till tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff's going on, a lot of rumors, um, so yeah, it, it is great. A lot of debating on which player is better than the other, or should you trade up for a guy, different things like that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so just want to start off with uh, Bradley Bill made a tweet um, last night, kind of kind of like a cryptic tweet a little bit or something that, you know, kind of like a mantras Herald type of tweet where you have to bring up. I like that. It a, was very mantras Herald-like. Yeah, it was similar to that. So he said, wait, huh, and then there was a report from Mike Scotto or Soto saying that Bradley Bill um, is going to opt out of his contract. Um, What did you get from that tweet? Because a lot of Wizards fans were confused on that tweet from Bradley Bill.
1: Yeah, I could see why they were confused because of the wording. I think what happened there is Mike Scotto, who is a a very good reporter, gets a lot of stuff right, was trying to get ahead of uh, a news story. And the way it was worded made it seem more newsworthy than it actually was. Because we've known that Brad LeBeal was going to opt out of the final year of this contract for a while. I mean, I I would go back to training camp when he talked about the upcoming season and referred to it as the last season on his deal. So that, that signaled then, months ago, that he was going to opt out. We all know that he's going to opt out to get a new contract. The news will be when he does actually opt out, not that he plans to opt out. That'll be very minor news the actual news will be, okay, what is the decision and what are the terms of the contract uh, with whichever team he signs that contract? Is it the Wizards? Is it another team? I still think it's going to be the Wizards. Is it going to be the full Supermax? We'll see. Maybe it's a little bit lower than that. I don't know, but that's going to be the actual news
0: in this process. Right, and if it's a little bit lower, like how much of a difference does it make in the Wizards' salary cap? Does it really create... A lot of cap space for them to bring another star in, per se. Um, I have heard reports. Mark Stein also reported that Bradley Bill sees himself that he wants to be the Dirk Nowitzki of the Wizards. And Dirk later in his career took some pay cuts. So if, if Bradley Bill take did take something less than, lesser than the thirty five percent of the salary cap, would that help? Would, how much would that really help to bring in another another star player?
1: I mean, it would give them a little bit of breathing room. I don't think it's going to be a situation in like Tom Brady in the NFL where, you know, he's right. making 10 million a year when he could be making 30 million a year. And all of a sudden you can, you know, uh, sign two more wide receivers or something like that. Um, but he did float that possibility in his interview with Taylor Rooks of Bleach Report. And also, I think if you're the Wizards, you got to try to get him a little bit lower than that number, right? Uh, just because that's the, the smart thing to do, the smart business approach. And also he is coming off a down year where he only played 40 games and his numbers dropped. So um, I think if you're the Wizards, you have to start a little bit lower than where you're probably going to ultimately sign him without, of course, insulting him or bringing the number so low that it behooves him to leave in free agency because he can get the same number elsewhere, maybe with a better chance to win. I think it's still going to be more than the 184 million that I think it's projected that he could get with another team across four years. But who knows, maybe it's a little bit lower, but yeah, in terms of what type of flexibility you would give them? Uh probably not a
0: whole lot. Right, right, hundred percent. Um, so the Wizards have been connected to Malcolm Brogdon a lot over the past 48 hours. Um, what what have you heard with that situation? And uh if you had to put a percentage chance on it, how much do you think it's likely the Wizards would trade for Malcolm Brogdon and what what do you think it would would it include? Would it include the 10th pick of the draft? Well,
1: I think they've liked Malcolm Brogdon for a while. I mean, the fact that you know he played at UVA. Um, I think as soon as John Wall's career here was kind of winding down, and you start looking at point guards around the league. Um, I think Brogdon's been interested, interesting them ever since then. And if you look at just like the prototypical point guard to have next to Bradley Beal, Malcolm Brogdon kind of checks off every box, right? I mean, he's big for the position, he's like six four. Bradley Beal at six three is probably a little bit undersized on the defensive end for a shooting guard. Um, He's a really good shooter. His final year in Milwaukee, it's a few years ago at this point, but he was a 50-40-90 guy. And most importantly, he's a really good defender, and he's also just a really smart player to run your offense. So it, it makes so much sense that they would like a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. Now, I'll believe it when I see it, uh, and I say that because the Pacers have essentially had him on the trade block for like two years now, right? And they haven't pulled the trigger on it. And I know they have Tyrese Halliburton, but they got Tyrese Halliburton uh, at the deadline. And we'll see. I mean, I I just have a feeling that the asking price must be pretty high. Why haven't they traded him yet if there were reasons for them to trade him like a year ago or two years ago? Um, So I think the Wizards will try, but I don't think they want to part with that 10th overall pick. I think if they do, it's going to be really difficult to pry that away from them because... You know, Tommy Shepard really values his first-round picks, and I know he said during his press conference earlier in the week that uh, the fact that they may end up, you know, sending that first-round pick next year out due to the John Wall Russell Westbrook trade, uh, and he could maybe recoup another first-round pick. It, it it would be tough to build a roster if you're trading away first-round picks in consecutive years, especially if you're going to have a contract like Bradley Beal's on the books. So, as far as the percentage goes, um, I think it's lower than 50. I'd probably put it like 30 percent. Because yes, he fits them perfectly, but the asking price is probably going to be fairly steep, and also uh, he makes a pretty decent salary. Like you got to fit that in the salary cap as well. So I I think that there's there's more reason to think that it won't happen than it will happen. But certainly they're going to explore that possibility because he would fit so
0: perfectly. Right, it's interesting because a lot of um, you know ESPN woes has connected the Wizards with Michael Brogdon a lot. Same with the Knicks over the past 24 to 48 hours. So it, it is intriguing. Um, like you brought up the salary, you know, you might, you would probably have to include a KCP or Ish Smith or maybe a Kyle Kuzma. Um, what do you think their ceiling would be with Brogdon? And, and what do you think a package would look like for Michael Brogdon?
1: Well, I think their ceiling would be definitely a playoff team. I think they'd be in the playoffs, uh, maybe is a, a six or seven seed. You got to keep in mind the Eastern conference, if it's going to be as good as it was last year is much deeper than the East that we're accustomed to. I mean, you might have to win 46 47 games just to get one of those lower seeds. Right. I mean the play in tournament this year required a winning record and not just, uh, by, uh, you know, the Hawks and the, and the Hornets were both good teams that in other years in the East would have been like the sixth seed and they were battling for ninth and 10th. So it, it's really difficult to make the playoffs. I, I think they would be a playoff team though, um, obviously, there'd be some big question marks with Brogdon's health, with Porzingis's health, with Bradley Beal's health. Um, those who are, I think that would be the three players that would really be the core of the team. I think in order to get a deal done with Indiana, you'd have to, uh, I think you'd have to match the money, obviously. But I think you probably also have to part with like a Rui Hachimura or a Denny Avdija or maybe a Corey Kispert and maybe some collection of those guys. I think you'd have to match the money. And I think Indiana would probably be most interested in the young guys um because that's kind of been their mo is is not necessarily trading for draft picks but trading for young cheap players who are on the rise you know going back to that paul george deal when they got victor oladipo and Demontis sabonis so i think those are the types of players that would interest them and yeah maybe you would have to include a kcp just to match the money
0: right um so yeah it would take a lot to bring bring in brogdon you brought up the injuries and you know porzingis has had history of injuries as well so it's very risky putting in pick 10 for Brogdon would definitely be a, uh, a risky move uh, for Tommy Shepard. But I do want to ask you about some other guards that the Wizards have been connected to, uh, such as, you know, possibly a Colin Sexton or Jaden Ivey. Uh, but before we do get to that, uh, just make sure you guys check out one live MB- the one live NBA draft show. It's not enough for Locked On. Every show is going live on draft night. So join me 15 minutes after our pick at Locked On Wizards, on youtube for the immediate reaction from your local expert subscribe now to locked on wizards so you know when i go live this episode is also brought to you by arcade one up boom shakalako we have big news the one the only nba jam is back arcade one up the leader in at home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back but they made it bigger than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine people are obsessed with nba jam and i'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with NBA Legends in this arcade classic. then one of the first ever well, one of the first sports games ever to feature r- real and digitized NBA licensed teams, no fouls, no free throws and no quarters rec- required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from rk1up.com, that's rk the number one up.com. For an estimated early September ship date, rk1up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. Check this out. They are giving away a NBA Jam Shack edition to a Locked On listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at That's rk the one upcom slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on. You got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? All right. So um, the Wizards have been somewhat connected to um colin sexton and s and checking in on sga so Shay Gilgis alexander and dejounte murray um what percentage chance do you see some of those moves happening or whatever whatever you heard recently well
1: i think it's pretty close to zero for sga mm-hmm. or dejounte murray i mean shea gilgers right. alexander just look at what the uh, Thunder have tried to get for all their players. It's first mm-hmm. round picks. And the Wizards uh, have a bunch of them tied up in protections. And, you know, you don't want to look too far down the road because, you know, you're, you're talking about 28, 2028 first round pick, for instance, that's after Bradley Beal's prime. Um, I don't think you want to trade that pick unless it's extremely heavily protected. Um, DeJounte Murray is 25-year-old all-star, someone that the Spurs invested a lot in his development. And have him on a team-friendly deal and they're looking forward like they're not like at the beginning stages of a rebuild they're trying to collect young players and and make the playoffs next year with Keldon johnson and devin vassell and all the the, i think impressive young players that they've put that they put together on their roster um colin sexton i also think is pretty unlikely Um, he's a really good player i like him but if you listen to how Tommy Shepard and Wes Unseld Jr. have described their ideal point guard this off season. It's basically the exact opposite of Colin Sexton. Like he is sort of like a Spencer Dinwiddie type player in that he's uh, you know put his head down and attack the rim, and he's a, just a he's a good scorer and a good offensive player. But he's not really the set the table floor general that they're looking for. He's also um, you know maybe not the defense first guy that they're looking for. So I think it's pretty unlikely for him. The, I think also think Jaden Ivey is fairly unlikely. I, I mean, I, I can't discount the fact that they will try because they tried to move up. They've tried to move up in several drafts. But they tried to move up, for instance, in 2020 to get Denny Avdia. They tried to trade up to the fourth pick with the Bulls, and it didn't end up happening. And luckily for them, in their eyes at least, he fell to them at the ninth overall pick. I think they balked at the asking price, and you know if they really wanted Denny, then they know what the asking price is to move up to four and it's going to be extremely steep. I mean, the Kings, uh, you know, they if they wanted to get draft picks, they could probably get three first-round picks from a team trying to go from 10 to 4. If if the 2019 trade between the Hawks and the Pelicans that sent De- DeAndre Hunter to Atlanta, if that's any indication, that is sort of the ballpark framework of what the trade would be and Although I love Jaden Ivey as a prospect, I think I could make the argument he's the second best player in this draft, and I think his floor is really high in addition to his ceiling being very high. If you have Bradley Beal at twenty, not going into his age twenty-nine season, and you're going to rest the hopes on a guy who's twenty, there's an element of risk there. I feel like what you would trade for Jaden Ivey, you might be able to get a more established star for the same price, and that guy would fit the competitive timeline. With Bradley Beal, a lot better, and also it's just a lot to give up for a guy who ultimately is an unproven commodity. I think he's going to be really, really good, and if they do make that trade, I think Wizards fans will have a lot to be excited about. But it's the type of risk that I wonder—you know—is that the right risk for them to take, given where they are in their own timeline with Bradley Beal?
0: Yeah, it is intriguing because Jaden Ivey, he can be a great player, but just like any rookie, he wouldn't—you know—he probably wouldn't move the needle day one. Um, it's going it to take be, probably a few years, right? Right. Yeah, to hit his, his full potential. He may come in averaging, you know, 15 points a game, but it could be, you know, off of, it could be very inefficient or, you know, turnovers here and there, simple rookie mistakes, you know, so they could still be kind of the middling record where they are right now. But like you said, two to three years from now, he could really have that all-star potential. And does that really match um, their timeline? Um, as far as Jaden Ivey, there's another trade where I did find, which is somewhat similar, Dario Saric and pick 11. I want to say the Timberwolves traded him to, to the Suns um, The Suns for pick six. So that's somewhat of a similar trade there, which is less than what the um, the other trade that you brought to the Hawks and the, um, I forgot the other team. But um, yeah, it, it would be a steep price. Um, Kyle Kuzma, I know he's brought up a lot. Um, how do you see his future with the Wizards? Do you think he's somebody that, the Kings would take a look at if you, if you included like a Kuzma pick 10 and then one of the three young guys, do you think that would entice the Kings or something that they could use?
1: Well, the thing here is that the Kings are um, the state of their franchises. They've got the longest NBA playoff drought of 16 mm-hmm. years. Right. And the whole idea of them trading the fourth pick seems to be that they want to compete sooner than later. I ultimately think they're not going to be able to pass up the talent that Jaden Ivy is. And he would fit, I think pretty well alongside, um, Uh, De'Aaron Fox, but uh, if they do want to make a win now move as they did by trading Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis, then yeah, it could make sense to include Kyle Kuzma. You know, I have to remind everyone that they tried to trade for Kyle Kuzma last summer, right? Mm -hmm. And Kuz has said it himself, he thought he was going to Sacramento. So we know that they like Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think if it was the 10th pick and Kyle Kuzma, I think. Um, I don't know if a, a, one of their young players is the third piece to get that done. I think it would cost more than that. But if it is a unique situation where they just want to get out of, you know, the top four because they want to win now, well, Kyle Kuzma would make a lot of sense. And, you know, not only have they been interested in him, but you have De'Aaron Fox, you have Sabonis. Um, he's a complimentary player to those guys. Um, I don't know if I would do it if I was Sacramento, but uh considering the state of where they are and how much they want to win now, um, yeah, you could probably justify that. So that would certainly be the offer I would lead with if I were the Washington Wizards because I'm not trying to give up a bunch of first-round picks uh,
0: just to move up to four as good as Jaden Ivey is. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, so the, let's let's transition to the draft here. And as far as the draft, um, Tommy Shepard has said he's looking for dogs uh, this, this, uh, this all season. So how have the workouts looked so far? How have the Wizards workouts looked so far When from what you've seen? Who are some players that stood out? I know Dyson Daniels had a good workout that was compared to Aaron Holiday's workout. And I know you don't want to just judge players off of workouts because, you know, nothing against Aaron Holiday. He's had a solid career, but he hasn't, you know, turned into an all-star caliber player. So um, who has really impressed you from watching some of the workouts? And who do you think the Wizards have really, really liked uh, from some of their workouts? Well, we
1: don't get to see much of the workouts except for the shooting so what i've heard about the workouts is from people who are actually in the room and uh dyson daniels yes i've heard had a great workout uh you know he came in and the question marks about his athleticism and his shooting i think uh he proved that those aren't necessarily valid question marks i mean he's six seven six eight he was the first guy in years you know you mentioned aaron holiday he's the first guy apparently since him this is sort of hearsay but first guy since him to finish this drill called 20 lines in two minutes where the wizards make you run from baseline to baseline 20 times in two minutes and he he finished and he also set the shuttle record or at least this year's record uh at the combine so he's very very quick he's very big he's fast um he may not be like uh, you know eye to eye at the rim when he jumps but um, that doesn't mean he's not uh, athletic. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's a guy who I'd point to. It's like, well, everyone slept on his athleticism because he wasn't uh, throwing down dunk contests like dunks, but he had the length, he had the quickness, he had the quick twitch sort of movement that um, is definitely you know, representative of athleticism and athletic ceiling. So um, Dyson Daniels was really good in the workout. And also you can just tell talking to him that you know, he, he might be 19, 20 years old, but he carries himself like a five-year veteran. Like, that guy is a professional. The detail uh, that he thinks through the game and the way he, he presents himself, um, you can just tell he's going to be a good NBA player. Um, Oshaya baji I've heard, had a good workout as well. I think he shot the ball really well. Um, you know, if the Wizards want to, you know, fill a need like they did last year with Corey Kispert, I think he could make a lot of sense because he was a really good shooter and he was a four-year player like Kispert. And also, he would present some long-term upside because he had he had a good combine in terms of his measurables. He's got a big wingspan, 39-inch vertical is one of the biggest um, at the combine this year. And I heard I heard Bo was pretty impressive in his workout. He didn't shoot all that well when we saw him shoot after uh, the drill portion of the workout was done. But I always cut some guys guys some slack because. Um, they have to go through that 20 lines in two minutes drill before they shoot. And anyone's ever shot a basketball knows that if your legs are tired, it affects your shooting. So he was, he was uh, impressive uh, in the workout. Um, I think those guys
0: I've heard good things about. Those are the, the three. Right, um, have they had any private workouts that they've released to you?
1: um not that i am fully aware of uh but i would imagine after the draft if they pick someone that wasn't reported to have worked out the, that we'll find out that they did work out with them right um i i think Shaden sharp interviewed with them and that wasn't really reported um benedict mathrin you know it wasn't reported at the combine that he interviewed with the wizards but uh, it turns out that he did so he's on their radar he did not uh, make a visit At least the last time we talked to him, which was last week, he did a pre-draft press conference. Um, The only teams he visited were the sixth, seventh, and eighth pick. So I think he might have a pretty good idea of the range that he's going in. Um, One guy I wonder about, and this is pure speculation, is A.J. Griffin. You know, now that he is uh, maybe falling down the draft board, um, although if he was there at 10, it would be a no-brainer for me. I would pick him. I think he's going to be a really good player but maybe he could be a guy that they would have brought in for a last-second workout. Again, that's pure speculation. I'm not sure if they actually did that.
0: Right. Yeah, Shaden Sharp is very intriguing. Of course, his story with Kentucky, nobody you know, has seen him play since his high school um, career, and you know, there's a lot of question marks about him not playing at, at Kentucky as well. Ochai Agbaje, I do like a lot. I know he's a senior, and everybody doesn't like guys who are 21 years old, but the guy can play. He's athletic, and he can shoot. The Wizards need shooters. Um, they need guys that can stretch the floor for sure. Uh, Bennett and Matherin would be a huge home run pick if he fell to 10. A.J. Griffin is intriguing, too. Uh, I know the injuries are concerned, but he did play all his college career, and he can he can really shoot the lights out. And he was on a team that had, you know, Paolo, Mark Williams, Trevor Kills. So, you know, he, he's a guy that had to fit in where he could. You know, there wasn't a lot of shots to go around. He was able to, um, you know, mesh well with with other guys that could score. And he did all that at 18 years old, by the way. Right. I think that's really impressive. Right. Yeah. I think he would. I think he would come in and play. It, it, he would be a steal at pick ten. Um, do you see the Wizards passing up on Shaden Sharp if he fell to pick ten?
1: You know, that's a, a really tough question to answer. I don't think he's going to be there at ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could also see if he was there. That I don't know if the Wizards would take that type of risk. Um, he, you know, there's been some mixed reports about how he's fared in workouts, how he's fared in interviews. Um, my i would just lean towards no but it would be like a 51 49 type of situation mm-hmm. because his talent is is really really intriguing like when you watch him it's not just the athleticism and the bounce around the rim it's his ability to create off the dribble um it would just take time and and i mean there's reports that his camp is trying to send those signals out that like he wants to land in a situation that's going to take the long view mm-hmm. i wonder if the wizards can take the long view to that extent like a for instance like a benedict Matherin Obviously, you're banking on his long-term potential, but he could probably find minutes in the rotation right away. Jaden Sharp, you know, what can you really expect from him year one and maybe even year two, right? He's such a a raw prospect, and he's such a mystery because he didn't play at all at Kentucky. So, I don't know. My guess is that he's not there at 10 Mm -hmm. and that they
0: don't have to make that decision. Right. Yeah, somebody during his uh, Tommy Shepard's presser, and if there's any quotes that stood out to you, you can can say them as well, but there was one that stood out to me was um, somebody asked him about guys the potential guys that they're looking at at pick 10. And he said, uh, What do they all have in common? And he said that they'll be available. Um, that kind of believes me to think that he may reach on a player. Um, you know, Rui was a guy that nobody really had at pick nine, and, and Rui's worked out fine. Um, but what, what did you take from that quote?
1: Well, you know, I think it might have been expressing confidence that, you know, they'll get a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, it could be a matter of, you know, some of the guys that they like are, are different than what we're seeing on the mock drafts. But if, if he's looking at players that maybe we think you're going to go later, I think this draft's going to play out very differently. I think it's going to be like 2020, where uh, maybe one, maybe two players are projected to go much higher and they fall. Uh, we saw that with Denny Obdia and we saw that with Tyrese Halliburton. I think that's what's going to happen in this draft and it's going to be a situation where the wizards are there at 10 and they find someone who's available who is like their fourth or fifth guy on the board or or maybe a little bit lower than that and they just have to trust their board and take them that's my guess uh just because there's so much unpredictability with this draft uh, i'm pretty confident jabari smith jr is going to be the number one pick right uh but after that i mean it's it's a real guessing game i don't think you know Paolo Bonquero is going to fall to them but Maybe it is an A.J. Griffin. Maybe it is a shade and sharp where they just can't pass up that type of talent at 10. Um, if they were to quote unquote reach, and I say that in quotes because, uh, you know, ultimately the mock drafts are are projections. We don't know exactly what their board looks like. Um, you know, maybe they would take a uh, like a Tari Eason, who I think um I saw in a mock draft recently was like the 17th projected guy you know he just fits so much of what they could use in the short term and the long term because he's a defender he's a two-way player he's a pretty decent shooter I think he's got some offensive upside so maybe that would be a guy who would represent the oh Wizards fans are surprised that that's who they took at 10. um but who knows I think it's going to go in the other direction like I said where someone's going to fall and we're going to be surprised
0: that they're there at 10. right uh, what would you say is the best case scenario for the Wizards on draft night? And what's the worst case scenario?
1: I think the best case scenario for them is Dyson Daniels to be there at 10. Um, maybe Matherin being there at 10 would also represent a best case scenario. But those are two guys that uh, when the pre-draft process began, I, um, they immediately stood out to me as great fits for the Wizards in the short term and the long term. But apparently other people saw, thought the same thing <laughs> because they were like, Uh, My my initial thought was like, why are these guys at the back end of the lottery? They should be top 10 picks. And that's ultimately what has happened, right? So I I think they'll both be gone. I think they're going to go like seventh and eighth, maybe. Um, I think they'll both be off the board. So a worst case scenario would probably include neither of them being available um, and probably AJ Griffin and Shaden Sharp being gone. And then you're picking between like Johnny Davis, you know, Jeremy Sohan, Tari Eason, which I could make the case for any of those guys, but I think a best-case scenario would be one of the players that I mentioned previously. Dyson Daniels, though, would be the best-case scenario, in my opinion, because you look at what the Wizards need. No player in this draft, or at least in their projected range, fills more than, than Dyson Daniels. He's a point guard. He's big. He is one of the very best defensive players in this draft. He might be the best defensive player in his position in this draft, He's a really good rebounder as a guard. The Wizards had a lot of trouble rebounding that position um, after losing Russell Westbrook. And he's also a pass first guy. And that's the type of point guard that they want. And while shooting is a concern for him, I think he could develop that over time. And I also think it's an underrated aspect of uh, what the Wizards need is just a point guard to set up high percentage shots for other players. Like when they brought in Ish Smith, they shot better from three after that, in part because they had a point guard who was running the offense in a traditional way, and I think that's what they're looking for, and I think that's what Dyson Daniels would do for them.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's a solid um, passer, and he has he has some athleticism there, and, and he is a disruptive defensive player. His long arms and a long wingspan as well, where he can get down and, and defend at, at the point of attack. Um, I was you know, I was going to bring up that shooting concern, um, but also um, Kyle Kuzma have the wizard started any contract extension talks with him with his player option coming up next season?
1: I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one they're, fo- they're focused on the most is Bradley Beals. And mm-hmm. I think they'll go from there. You know, Rui Hachimura is another question in that regard. Um, uh, I think for him, it would make a lot of sense to, to bet on himself. Kyle Kuzma, uh, you know, maybe after the second half of the year that he had and um, I, I could see it being a little bit more likely with that, but I, I don't get the sense that, um, you know, they've been
0: at the negotiating table in any real sense. All right. So before you go, um, we'll get a bold prediction from you. And, um, you know, I know you're not a betting guy, but if you had to put money down on a draft pick for the Wizards at pick 10, or do you think they would move up to pick seven? What's your bold prediction? And who's your who's the player that you think the Wizards come away with on draft night? Um. Well,
1: bold prediction and who I think they'll come away with might be different answers. Uh, Bold prediction would be, I think, A.J. Griffin falls and they take him and, uh, you know, they bank on the fact that he's a 45% three-point shooter and that's their biggest need. But if I had to bet, if, like, I was putting money on the table, I think I'd go with Johnny Davis because I think he is Tommy's type and that he's sort of a high-floor, smart guy he would check off a box in, in the sense that he's a guard. Uh, maybe he could play a little bit of a, at the point guard position, and he defends. Um, so I think the mentality and the type of player that he is, I think that kind of fits their mold. Um, so if I was betting, it'd be Johnny Davis, but I think the bold prediction is A.J. Griffin. But I have to note, I've been given different answers to these types of questions because mm-hmm. I'm going back and forth on it. Like yesterday, someone asked me, I said, Tari Eason, Um, so I think Tari Eason has to be mentioned in that conversation, but if, if you're telling me I got to put down money,
0: I'm going to go with Johnny Davis. Right. Do you think they would take a look at Nikola Jovic or Usman Jang? Would you put that in that, in that category too?
1: I doubt it. I think those guys are probably going to go later in the teens, if not the twenties. I know ESPN all of a sudden says Usman Diang is, is potentially going to be a top 10 pick, but. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I watch his film. He's very raw. He's got great size and versatility, and you know there's some feel for the game. Kind of reminds me of Denny Avdia, honestly. But we saw how Denny Obdia was overprojected by ESPN. I think mm-hmm. the same thing might be
0: happening here. Right. All right. Well, you hear, you heard it here from guys from Chase. If you are putting down bets on Bet Online, he has Johnny Davis as the pick, and Johnny Davis does have a Taco Bell commercial. We do have some luck there as um, Nikola Jokic when he was drafted the taco bell commercial was on when he was drafted so maybe there's some it's a good point luck (laughs) yeah maybe there's some luck we can get there and i I do like johnny davis too he plays with his hair on fire um big ten player of the year if i'm not mistaken average eight rebounds a game which is ridiculous for a guard and 19 points a game the guy can score and fill it up and i I does i do think he does fit that dog role for the wizards so I, i think he would be a solid pick
1: Yeah, it would make sense. The only thing is the shooting 30% from three point Mm -hmm. range Uh, for a team that
0: struggles in that area. They would have to make sure that develops over the next few years. Right. All right, Chase. I just want to thank you for coming on and uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked on NBA Big Board. The five episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today and chase is there anything that you have to plug anything that you have to plug uh coming up
1: well just a, a, a article i wrote today i think was pretty cool anonymous quotes from a former wizards coach just breaking down some of the prospects and how they would fit in washington including shade and sharp aj griffin uh, Jalen duran so
0: make sure you check that out yeah all right so i just want to thank you guys thank you for coming on thank you guys for listening make sure you guys subscribe on youtube and hit the notification bell Hail to the Wizards. Peace.